For decades, the hospitals of Allegheny Health Network have been providing their communities with exceptional health care. The pharmacy services team are dedicated to their patient's safety as their number one concern. This special podcast series is about Allegheny Health Network's pharmacy services team, leveraging the latest workflow processes and medical innovations to deliver the best medication management services. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Hey, this is part two with Allegheny Health Network's Pharmacy Division. Today, we're going to be focused on medication safety as well as the importance of your uh, pharmacy technician staff. Pharmacy technicians listening, we have a podcast on our network called On Script, and it's by NHA, and it focuses specifically on your pharmacy technicians. I want to turn things over to Dr. Laura Mark. She's VP of Allegheny Health Network's Pharmacy Division. Welcome back, uh, Dr. Mark. Thank you, and thank you for having us again. We're happy to be here to talk about medication safety and our technology systems. I'm going to turn things over to you, Laura, because we have uh, two um, interesting um, pharmacists before us as part of this series. Uh, Arpit Meda, Dr. Meda is returning, and I'd like to introduce to the Pharmacy Podcast Nation, Dr. Kim Meda um, as well. And there's no coincidence if you've heard the same last name. Uh, they're a married pharmacist couple, which we're hearing from a lot of our listeners that we should do a married couple. If you are listening right now and you're married to a pharmacist, reach out to the Pharmacy Podcast Network because we will be building a series on what it's like to be uh, married to a fellow pharmacist. So with that, I'd like to turn it over to Dr. Laura Mark. Thank you. So today we'll talk a little bit about our medication safety strategy, um, where we were and where we're going. So with that, I will um, turn it over to Kim um, and tell us a little bit about where we where we were and where we're going and sort of developing that strategy. Yeah, thank you. Um, so to start off, I, I think really emphasizing the importance of developing an actual medication safety strategy that you can share throughout your organization is, is imperative. I know we like to think medication safety is everybody's job, and it is, but it's important that we're really able to verbalize and share that so that everybody has really the same vision and we're all rowing in, in the same direction compared to having, you know, smaller, um, you know, service line projects or smaller initiatives that are going on at one site, especially looking at a, a health system perspective. So understanding that when you utilize the same technology strategies, when you have the same electronic medical record, and when you're working within a network, understanding how if there's an error that happens at one of your hospitals or there's a big initiative or push at one of your hospitals and they share all of that information, it's very likely that you have the same risk points and gaps throughout your entire network. 
So focusing on a shared strategy so that we can push forward and not have a medication error at one of your hospitals, and then three to six months later, see a virtually identical error occur at another one of your hospitals, really learning from somebody that you're in the network with, you can share that information with and honestly leverage those resources to be able to push that. And all of that really starts with documenting what your medication safety strategy is, documenting where are our risks as a network, where are our risks as a hospital and where are our risks really throughout all of the different service lines for the hospital. Thank you. Very well said. Um, I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Rich Kaplan. And um, Dr. Kaplan, Rich, you're in a um, unique role within our pharmacy and our network in the fact that you, um, you are chief medical officer for our med safety and also our network P&T. So having that sort of structure and that combined sort of vision and strategy. Can you sort of tell us about um, your thoughts and processes for um, how that actually helps from a physician perspective in medication safety um, from a network? I think we've come a long way. I think uh, Laura and I and Kim have been involved with this for quite some time. I think over six and a half years ago when we started this process, I have to admit, I didn't even know what the five rights were. Uh, as an emergency medicine physician and someone having a background in uh, pharmacy and pharmacology, um, we started on this just locally and brought it into a network uh, project. So it, it's worked out quite well for us. We still have a way to go, but every week we have uh, med safety meetings and we probably have uh, I don't know, 60 to 80 or so uh, people on the line every week. And we keep trying to work to uh, identify and fix issues that we, we see hospital and network-wide. So it's a team approach. Uh, we're not there to blame anybody, but we're there to learn from uh, things that happen. We're there to pick up uh, close calls, great catches as we call them, uh, and, and move forward and, and be proactive rather than reactive and taking care of these our patients. Thank you. And I think as Rich and Kim um, illustrated too and, and talked about the leadership and the leadership support from a network perspective. So we are very fortunate that we have been able to um, have Kim in her role as medication safety and regulatory as the director for the network for pharmacy. And then with Rich in his role as the chief medical officer for medication safety, and then also serving as network PNT. That leadership support has really helped us to advance um, from a medication safety and where we're going. Um, and it also has helped with our technology strategy too, as well. So there is a lot of initiatives that we have going um, we're in the process with Allegheny Health Network in implementing our technology um, strategy. Um, and with that, so um, our pit, do you want to sort of talk about sort of what we're where we're going with our technology strategies and and some of those thoughts? Yeah, thank you, Laura. So one of the key things we realized very early on is automation plays a key role in, in, in helping with medication safety and and standardization of operational and processes in general. So some of the key things uh, we looked at is just an overview of all the automation that we have across uh, across our network and um, and look to choose a partner in a vendor to standardize some of the operations to grow and learn um, with us uh, and expand um, at, at all of our facilities across the network. 
So we currently are a BD hospital, Rivera BD hospital. We're converting over to OmniCell platform. And um, and the reason, you know, we, we valued it as a group, not just pharmacy, but pharmacy, nursing, anesthesia, we got, got a group together to see how can we leverage a partner to help us achieve what we wanted to achieve. And some of the key things were making operations safer, making operations efficient, and having data and analytics to help us succeed uh, in achieving those goals. And you know some of the key things that we implemented um, just in the last, um, I'm going to say two to three years, uh, is um, you know RFID technology for our crash card replenishment, uh, and we use KitCheck RFID process for that, uh, as well as our anesthesia card replenishment. Uh, you know, imagine a tray filled with uh, 60 to 70 different vials and syringes. Um, having to manually look through the tray for expiration dates for enough quantity in the tray, converting all of that to automation where it now takes 90 seconds to review that tray makes a huge difference. Um, it helps us um, you know, ensure the safety uh, is in place. Uh, there is no expired medication in those trays and there is everything we needed in an emergency. So that's one example of uh, implementing automation to help uh, our safety measures. Uh, another was leveraging IV robotics. So we have OmniCell IV station uh, at Allegheny General Hospital. And the idea was to insource our 503B compounding, which we have historically purchased. And as everybody on this, uh, you know, listening uh, knows that uh, the medication shortages and just leveraging and using 503B facilities is just challenging. Um, market changes constantly. There's new pharmacies available, some pharmacies closing. That makes operations very, very challenging because we don't know what we have on hand, what we are receiving. Um, so having IV robotics really helps us um, know exactly what we need to compound, what we have on hand, um, and what we need, um, you know, for our for our demand. Uh, and not only from a safety um, and and, sh and shortage mitigation perspective, but certainly brings financial savings with it. Um, you know, that, that we would realize we're looking to even expand that program a little bit to have um, to add additional robot here in April um, to to not only compound for AGH, but also um, expand that program and compound for our network hospitals, uh, non-controlled substances to help all of our facilities. So leveraging leveraging technology again. Um, uh, from um, from dispensing such as medication carousels is something we have implemented uh, across our hospitals. Uh, IV robotics we talked about, IV workflow solution we're planning on implementing by the end of this year, and that will allow us for standardized operations. If we can think about, you know, we have technicians even within one pharmacy, for example, at AGH, um, you know, compounds medications differently. And uh, they have their own uh, process and techniques and standardizing that using IV workflow solution really helps um, not only at one hospital, but across the network. So that's huge for us. Um, so IV workflow solution automation, it, it will be implemented by the end of this year. Um, and then just uh, you know, bi-directional IV pumps, which will help with administration of uh, medications. We can talk about more uh, a little later on that. Um, barcode scanning or BCMA uh, prior to administration uh, by nursing and focusing our efforts on that. Just again, leveraging a lot of that automation to help with our, um, our safety efforts at Allegheny Health Network. Thank you, Arpit. So I'm gonna change directions a little bit and I'm moving to sort of our pharmacy um, workforce and sort of some of the opportunities that we've really tried to um, proud of 
that with education and training of not only our pharmacists, but also advancing the role of our pharmacy technicians. So we have some, we've implemented meds to beds programs, we've implemented medication history, um, but other advances and things that um, Kim, I'll let you sort of expand upon that and what we've done from a pharmacy technician and how we're trying to advance those roles. Absolutely. So, I mean, pharmacy technicians are, are an instrumental part of your pharmacy department. If you have great pharmacy technicians, your day is, it's just fantastic. Um, but making sure that they have the opportunities that they need, that they have the education that they need, um, and really making sure that they're incorporated into the department and not just, um, you know, considered somebody that it's just doing the work, but not necessarily a an integrated member, um, it's really imperative to make sure that they're sticking around and kind of growing with, with the organization. Um, so we've done quite a few things uh, throughout Allegheny Health Network to try to support um, pharmacy technicians, their growth, not just from an onboarding perspective, but also from a continuing education perspective. Um, so we do require our pharmacy technicians to be certified. We uh, actually recently implemented a program that helps with their education. So if they haven't passed the exam, um, that they it does provide them with the knowledge because sometimes the knowledge is a little bit more public health related than what they might get in their day-to-day -day work. And so we want to make sure that they have the support and feel comfortable to take those certification exams. Once they are um, onboarded onto the Allegheny Health Network, um, we provide numerous opportunities for continuing education. So some of those are really homegrown Allegheny Health Network educations where we look at you know, a particular process, again, weaving that into either medication safety or technology or more of a clinical topic, um, but making sure that it circles back around to their daily work and helps them not just from a continuing career perspective, but also from a day-to-day, -day, we're able to increase the, the care that we're providing to our patients. Um, so we offer that type of CE, but then we also have different resources. So we have different subscriptions um, to different resources that if you're interested, say, for example, in COVID, and you really want to stay up to date on, you know, what vaccines are out for COVID or what treatments are available for COVID or even just recommendations around testing for COVID, um, you know, we have subscriptions to different technician resources that allow them to, to easily search and kind of find that information and then they can either apply that to, you know, kind of what they're doing or to professional advancement as well. Um, we also encourage a lot of our technicians to take on roles in some of our organizations. So, for example, um, you know, our state organization, PSHP, we have uh, several technicians that are taking on leadership roles um, within that. Again, I'm a self-proclaimed medication safety nerd. So I will tell you that, you know, I'm the chair of the medication safety committee for PSHP. And we have several um, technicians at the Allegheny Health Network um, that are very involved in that and have been doing webinars for PSHP and really statewide webinars to really get them engaged and, and to, you know, make sure that they understand that this is a very serious career and how important their role is and their ability to really change that role moving forward. And whether that's, you know, legislative input, whether that's, you know, kind of the, the role that they're playing within the department, you know, a lot of those things can kind of intertwine and they're really provided the support to take on, you know, as much of that in their career as possible, um, you know, through resources through the Allegheny Health Network. Perfect, thank you. Medication safety, efficiency, regulatory compliance, rising drug costs, staffing challenges. Just a few of the many challenges facing your pharmacy operations. How can we remove the barriers to visibility and error-prone manual processes to improve efficiency in medication management? This is the vision of Autonomous Pharmacy. 
Through a combination of hardware, software, and technology-enabled services, we're transforming the pharmacy care delivery model to improve quality and reduce costs, allowing your staff to focus on what is most important, patient care. Wondering how to start your journey to the Autonomous Pharmacy? Visit AutonomousPharmacy.com to complete a free online assessment. That's AutonomousPharmacy.com. Be sure to subscribe to the Future of Pharmacy podcast on Pharmacy Podcast Network to hear more from leading pharmacy innovators like Dr. Laura Mark and Dr. Arpit Mehta of Algany Health Network, how technology-driven medication management is helping to improve patient care, clinician satisfaction, and pharmacy performance. So Arpit mentioned collaboration, and I'd like to expand on that with this group. And I think that it's really important to understand, too. We talked a little bit about before in our prior um, series was about the pharmacy executive leadership team. One of the other pieces that we have is what we call our pharmacy collaboratives, and those focus on specific initiatives um, within pharmacy. So medication safety, we have a regulatory, we have pediatrics or um, clinical services. So Kim, do you wanna really um, touch upon about the medication safety um, collaborative and sort of how we sort of interweave that from a network standardization and implementing all of these initiatives that we have across the network? Yeah, so our medication safety collaborative um, is, is really kind of going back to the medication safety strategy. That's one of the places where we get a lot of input for that. So we look at you know what's going on across our network uh, what kind of network projects we have, and then how we divvy those up and how what resources are going to be put into all of those. So um, other really things that we take on from that, we try, for, we, so we have a network meeting once a week where we review any type of medication incident that occurred, but then we also have local medication safety meetings at all of our hospitals monthly. And so we feed up as well as feed down within this meeting to make sure that we're taking on any type of network initiative, any type of network risk point, but also from our, our local hospitals to make sure that we're understanding the concerns and the needs from all of our local sites. And if that's something that really needs to be addressed at a network level. Um, so after we kind of incorporate those, we also look to the medication safety strategy to see what types of things or what types of areas did we agree to focus on throughout the year and how can we continue to put things into operation to make sure we're aligning with those? Um, so I'll give an example. Uh, one of our focuses of our medication safety strategy, we have a immensely expanding pediatric service line. And we are really looking to implement and align with best practice for how we treat pediatrics, not just from a hospital, a throughput, a transition of care perspective, but also from a medication safety perspective. So there's a lot of differences when you're treating pediatrics, you know, looking at even just areas, how you're dispensing, what types of medications you're dispensing, and putting some additional focus in those areas to make sure that we are aligned that we are reviewing and seeing, oh, yes, we are sending out patient-specific doses and syringes, um, you know, to all of our pediatric patients, that we are able to easily identify if a patient is a pediatric patient in our electronic medical record, and then making those changes from a network perspective to really, again, push forward and align with our medication safety strategy. This year, we also wanted to take um, an operational focus. So going back to what our pit was talking about with the different technology is we really wanted to make sure that, you know, when we're implementing the technology that we're not just, okay, on to the next thing. 
um, that we're taking the time to say, is this implemented correctly? What can we do to make this better? What can we do to make this work better for the Allegheny Health Network and the processes that we have in place? And so circling back around and saying, oh, you know, we're utilizing, um, you know, barcode technology, but we're still struggling in particular areas. Why are we struggling in those areas? And how can we help to support, um, you know, increasing bedside barcode scanning? You know, how can we, from a pharmacy perspective, um, you know, support nursing to make sure that that is occurring in every instance that it should be occurring? Um, and so what we call those are our operational excellence um, committees as well that kind of go out of that collaborative and, and assigning people roles to work on that and, you know, a smaller piece of the picture. So um, say just looking at, we have a compounding and repackaging records through Epic. And so that's a small process to look at, but to review it and say, how can we improve this? You know, what small change or tweak can we make to make sure that we're utilizing this entire process appropriately and standardizing that across our network? And so through these collaboratives, as you can tell, we're able to really quickly focus on several different layers, have owners for processes that are very manageable within workflow, and then be able to make changes that make real changes to workflow, that make real changes to the care that we're providing every day. So it doesn't seem like an, an overwhelming concept that we're you know talking about moving everything forward because we're able to really break it down into these small pieces, um, make assignments to people to make them make sure that that accountability is still occurring and then follow back up uh, within an appropriate time frame to make sure that that was implemented. And I think to, to Laura's point earlier, I think having that network and having our felt team has been a key to this success because I think Laura mentioned earlier in our part one series too is we leverage our strengths, you know, each other's strengths. And I think that's key because we distribute the work among the group and say, okay, you have a strength in, in this field or in this area, take it on and implemented not just for your hospital, but for the network. And I think that's how we succeed with having a small network leadership team, having a lean leadership team in general, and be successful at implementing a lot of these initiatives. And Kim, you're absolutely spot on. I think, you know, implementing implementing automation is one thing. You can bring a partner vendor in and get it up and running, and it may not be optimized, it may not work, and, and create operational challenges. So you know, having it successfully implemented to ensure the outcomes and the goals are met from safety, from quality, from efficiency perspective is a key. Um, and, and you know, we, we take that very seriously. So we, we do truly break it down into pieces, like, like Kim said, and, and take one piece at a time to that puzzle and start putting the puzzle together to, to achieve our larger picture goal of improving our safety and quality in general. And one of the things that we've really been working on to kind of roll that all together from the network perspective is um, an overall dashboard. And so we have dashboards set up in some different areas of pharmacy. So, you know, we, we have, you know, a, a dashboard that looks at our audits and our diversion analytics and control substance usage. We have um, dashboards that look at, you know, our quality assurance and so making sure that, um, you know, how often our temperatures are within range, making sure that all of our USP requirements are being completed, making sure we're meeting all the joint commission requirements. And so we keep a dashboard on that, but incorporating some of the newer automation into that is something that, you know, we've been working towards and working towards establishing, you know, what is the national benchmark for that. Um, and that's something actually through ASHP, um, we're working on a, a medication through the medication safety SAG of ASHP. We're working on creating, a, you know, a dashboard 
uh, toolkit to kind of help people quickly put those up to speed um, to quickly pull those together with some of the different types of uh, metrics, some things that you may not have thought about, um, you know, so utilizing some of the things that we're doing through Allegheny Health Network um, with this group across the nation to really create something that will benefit pharmacy across the nation and really help elevate that to either your senior leadership, to your pharmacy department, or, you know, different groups that you're you're trying to look towards. Thank you. I wanted to add a little bit to uh, what you guys were saying about collaboration, because I think that's key. I think working with many different groups, with docs, with pharmacy, with nursing, with administration, with respiratory, having a team approach has helped us a lot. Just over the years, when I look at how we've identified the errors and how we discuss them and how we work to fix them is key. Changing the culture is what we've been working very hard on and not uh, penalizing people for making errors, but working to change them. Uh, Kim gave you an example earlier. We had issues with pressors with different concentrations, and we had uh, nurses and issues with programming the pumps. Uh, working this with P&T to change the protocols to going to one concentration for pressors has helped us a lot. Working to have, uh, you know, improve our barcode scanning, working with our younger nurses um, having mentors, having the educators try to go to the bedside, along with pharmacy educators and nursing educators. So there's a whole culture we've been trying to work on to try and improve this. The technology, as Arpit's talked about, and we'll probably talk about more, helps tremendously too. But getting people to uh, read, read the bags, read the syringes, scan, try to improve critical thinking, um, and getting everybody to work together as a team is what we keep working at. And having meetings every week and having pharmacy and therapeutic meetings as well um, and the med safety meetings and having administration know what we're doing and know what we are trying to change is really a key to try to prevent these errors and learn from a lot of the things that we've seen. So, you know, it's something that, you know, all of us have seen over a number of years now, um, trying to get everybody on the same page and trying to be proactive that to me has been key. Rich, you sort of mentioned the collaboration and we've all talked about collaboration, but one of the things that I think is key and I want to highlight is the fact that our regular medication safety call every week that you mentioned briefly that we have 60 to 80 participants on the call every Tuesday and it's a multidisciplinary approach. And the, we have nurses, physicians, administrators. Um, I don't know if you want to touch upon how how that is just so much um, helpful across the network to really have a multidisciplinary approach and everybody um, on that same page. You know, I think it helps. I think uh, Kim and I uh, probably see every error that's reported in RL6 that comes through our phones every day. And I think when, when we have uh, bedside nurses, uh, unit managers, and some of the nursing leaders on the phone, it helps. I mean, I like to see uh, each nurse own his or her error uh, from the team on their floor. So if it's 8A or whatever, you know, they're accountable for what's going on. And I like to have them on the phone, as does Kim and everybody else, um, where they'll address this. So when I hear a nurse addressing, this is what happened. I spoke with the resident. I spoke with the nurse. Uh, here's what we're doing to implement it. That's what we want to see. We don't want to see just, okay, they made a mistake. They plugged in the wrong concentration. 
We want this to be addressed with that nurse and with the team. And if they need additional um, uh, attention, we have the STAR Center uh, where we have our simulation, where they have a lot of teaching and programs and they're actually putting in a med safety room over there as well. So it's, it's a whole, uh, and I know we keep coming back to this, uh, it's the whole team from the bedside nurse on up to the nursing leaders that need to hear what's happening on the floors and that we need to work, you know, to try to minimize the distractions um, and even have the nurses, if they have a question about a certain med, not to be afraid to talk to a doctor uh, about what, what has been ordered. So, um, you know, I, I keep coming back to it. it is a team and it is discussing each of these errors and actually learning from them and not bringing up the same errors. And, and it does happen. We do see similar errors, but trying to fix what we're, what we're seeing. So one of the things that I also want to mention, and I know it's it's at the top of every medication safety, you know, how do you start a committee and how do you start a program? Um, all of those recommendations and books and sheets is that you really, you need a physician champion. Um, and you're hearing from who is my physician champion, and that's Dr. Rich Kaplan. And I can't tell you um, how imperative it really is that you have partners outside of the pharmacy that adv advocate for you 100% of the time. Um, you know, that there there's a baseline of understanding. It's not just when something happens or just when something's needed, but it's a continual relationship that you build. And you really do need a physician champion to really have that occur. Um, you know, that kind of spurs off into, you know, nursing champions as well and, and different service line champions. And, um, you know, it, it just kind of goes into from that, but having really a point person that you know the, that there's a baseline of understanding, that you know that they understand what a culture of safety looks like, that you know, you know, when medication errors go through, um, you know, even if there wasn't harm to a patient, that doesn't necessarily mean it's not something serious and that it's not something that needs to be addressed immediately. Um, and really having, you know, that, that ability to have frank conversations and, you know, to support it. I mean, it really is, it really needs to be at the top of the list. And I know it can be difficult to establish that role at some organizations. I was definitely blessed when I came into the Allegheny Health Network that, um, you know, Dr. Rich Kaplan was already in this position. And I think he saw it as he was getting me, but I saw it as the exact opposite is that I already had somebody established for that position. And it's just, it works out fantastic. So I, I, I don't think we can stress that enough as well. Right. And I think that that also leads into the technology and the implement implementation of new technology, because as they see um, with those champions, from a physician, from a nursing, from anesthesia, from all of those different disciplines as we implement and as we're going through, like OmniCell is a good example, or IV pump integration, we really need to have all of those champions working collaboratively together. So it really does help out with technology. So, Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, where it really also helps is gaining leadership support, right? So Laura's worked tremendously over the years in, in not only building our network and our system and changing the culture, but really having a seat at the table. And I think having Dr. Kaplan, having Laura, having Dr. Parker on our team really helps us achieve that because th there is that physician support, the leadership support, and we can, you know, very easily take on this massive multi-million dollar contracts really to our leadership team 
during COVID times when hospitals were struggling to say, hey, we only have this you know, $30 million contract, let's have it signed uh, while we're in the middle of pandemic. But really, I think, you know, and that's a very different conversation if you didn't have that relationship and if we didn't have that culture of safety and you know the the goals that were already established and the leadership team that was supporting those initiatives. Um, I'll be honest, for us, that conversation became easier because the support was there. Our leadership team saw what we needed, what we needed to do to help improve our safety, our quality, our efficiencies, and you know made made it easier for us. And and that goes back to that you know having having that multidisciplinary team, having the physician leadership support. Um, and we are a very clinical driven, clinician driven organization across the network, uh, and and having that relationship really really helps us build those uh, you know bridges. I mean, so let's just say it: medication safety isn't always cheap, right? Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not worth it. And having those relationships, and again, that foundation for understanding, you know, a culture of safety isn't something that you push overnight. Um, you know, you can't implement every piece of technology overnight, but you can start somewhere, you know, and you can start and Laura just does a fantastic job um, across AHN of really advocating and understanding the full picture and understanding, yes, that, you know, there is a financial component that the organization has to take on. However, the benefits to the organization and the benefits to our patients and really outlining what that is for everyone so that it makes sense. And then at the end of, you know, the case, looking at it and saying, yes, it makes sense to implement and support with resources bi-directional integration for pumps. It makes sense to um, you know, implement an, an IV robot or assisted workflow technology in our IV rooms, um, you know, for many different reasons and not letting, you know, some of the things that we find day to day as like financial barriers um, or, you know, workflow barriers or resource barriers really get in the way of our ultimate goal of making, you know, our the best health system we can, making sure that, you know, we're always looking at our, our patient-centered care. And I think that's key. So we talked about a little... Um, collaboration and multidisciplinary, but having our leadership support and really engaged in that medication safety too as well. So when you take a contract, it's not the ROI as to what am I going to get back on revenue or what am I going to save? This is really the ROI on medication safety and our safety of our patients and our care um, across the board. So even our finance leaders um, are involved in that conversation and they're involved in medication safety too. So it's been very helpful and supportive um, and we're very uh, appreciative of all of those efforts. So, hey, I want to thank Rich uh, for being part of this. Uh, Kim, Arpit, and Lara, really being able to communicate, even in an audio form, the importance of medication management in health system and hospital system. In pharmacy overall, it's the number one reason that pharmacists are in position and, and in place within our healthcare systems anyway. It's the safety of our patients and it's the, the most important part of being a pharmacist. I am so excited that we've uh, we've concluded our part two of this series. I'm, I'm also looking forward to uh, talking with the Allegheny Health Network uh, Pharmacy Division on our pharmacy care continuum and, and being able to build out additional ways that AHN is reaching into its community uh, through pharmacy services. And I, I thank you, uh, Lara and Kim and Arpit and Rich for, for your participation. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, you guys.
Thanks for listening to our podcast series about the dedicated innovators in health system pharmacy. To learn more about Algany Health Network, please visit ahn.org.